Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keenan, by the Saints for a touchdown! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again! And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Empty backfield now for Minshew. Takes the snap, throws a quick one, and that's picked off by Marshawn Lattimore! Pick six! Welcome back, Marshawn! That's how you do it! Happy New Year, baby! You mean like that? Just like that. Hey, that happened. Welcome in to Inside Black and Gold. My name is Jeff Nowak. I'm your host after, you know, what can only be described as a good win for the Saints. There haven't been a lot of them, but a majority of them have come in the last two weeks because the Saints have suddenly won three games in a row, and now it doesn't matter because for whatever reason, whenever the Saints need help from somebody, they don't get it. But we're going to get into more of that. Again, my name is Jeff Nowak, digital sports producer for WWL. Steve Geller is probably flying right now. We're going to get into what happened in this game, and we're going to rant a little bit, complain a little bit, and uh, you know, do a lot more of that. But first things first, just remember the second half of the show is going to be a mailbag. I'm sure there's going to be more fire Dennis Allen, but hey, you can't honestly think it's going to happen now, right? So like, I guess we can all kind of just take a breath. But yeah, make sure to get that in there. And in the back half of the show, I will get to it. 
But yeah, the first first segment here is just going to be a bit of a rant. You're going to have to forgive me. I'm a little tired. Yesterday was New Year's Eve, which, you know, keeps me up past my bedtime. Today I was up 8 a.m. hosting First Take with Steve Geller. And then obviously the game and I'm working. I'm on hour 10 right now. So bear with me. Um, and we're going to get into this. But, you know, the first thing I do want to mention is this is a team that Throughout a lot of the season, you could say, what is the identity of this team? What do they do well? What do you envision as kind of the top end version of this team? And in every single answer to that question, you would go back to, this is a team that relies on its defense. And this is a team whose best defensive player is Marshawn Lattimore. And it was difficult to kind of identify or quantify rather kind of just how much he meant to that group from a swagger perspective, from a big play perspective, from just the idea that you can't throw at that guy. And that's the difference in this game. This was a essentially a shot-for-shot remake of what happened in week 13 against the Bucks, There was two main differences. One, the quarterback on the opposite side was Gardner Minshew. <laughs> That's obviously a big difference. But two, Marshawn Lattimore was in this game and in a position to make a big play and change it for the better. And that is why the Saints won this game, right? If you don't, if you're just playing defense and you're just going, going, going down the line... Eagles are probably going to pull this one out. The Saints offense was dead in the water in terms of being able to pass protect. If you had to force Andy Dalton to sit back there and get teed off on in order to try to win this game with his arm, you're going to have a hard time. The best he could do was not make mistakes as he's getting Brandon Graham and Hassan Reddick breathing down his throat. Like, that's what's going to happen. This is the team that leads the league in sacks, and you're going in there with three backup Offensive lineman, you're going to have a hard time. And the Eagles did have seven sacks today. But when it came down to it and you needed someone to make a play, it was Marshawn Lattimore reading a key that he had already identified and stepping in front of a pass. That it, That's just a play that a playmaker makes, right? And that's the difference. You did not have that against the Bucks in Week 13. I think if Marshawn Lattimore is there, you don't blow that lead. Right, And this is a team that understands it needs to win on defense. And you need your best players to win on defense. And so you can talk a lot about you know why is this team struggling? Why has it struggled throughout the season? Not having Marshawn Lattimore since week five has been a major thing for this team. And you know I think this game, this game kind of shows that. You know I don't think this game hides all of the warts that this team has encountered throughout the season. But it does show you kind of an image of what this team was supposed to look like. And here, here's Marshawn kind of talking about that process that it took to get to get back because he's de- he dealt with a very significant injury, and I think him coming back for this game is a really good kind of just litmus test for like this guy cares a lot, right? Like he doesn't come off that way. If you listen to him talk, he's very subdued. He doesn't have a ton of energy in his voice, but he wanted to be back, and the the fact that he wasn't able to be back was killing him. And he came back in a game, and, you know, it's not going to end up getting the Saints to the playoffs based on what I've seen here. Yeah, I think the the Packers finally finished off that just route 
of the Vikings, 41 to 17, the worst 12 and 3 football team of all time, or 12 and 4 now, rather. And so the Saints win over the Eagles doesn't even matter in the sense that the Eagles have now clinched the top seed in the NFC, right? Although, I don't even know if that's true. It's still confusing because they could actually lose the top seed if they lose and the Cowboys win the division, in which case I think the Vikings would actually be in line for the top seed. Maybe the 49ers. I don't know. It's crazy. The NFC playoff picture is crazy. And when the Saints actually lost this game, and I know I said I was going to play Marshawn, but the Saints actually lost this game, I tweeted, oh, they're done. And then I found out within like 30 seconds, like, oh, wait, no, there's this backdoor way that they can get into the playoffs. No, they are eliminated from the playoffs now. That's why I waited until that was over before I came on here, just so I could have the right level of despair in my voice. But this is Marshawn kind of talking about getting back, dealing with that injury he had. Uh, It was hard. It was hard because I've been back to practice for like two weeks, and I just didn't feel it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I was mad about that, camping on me, saying he needed me and everything. So, you know, it was just, I got to get out there, you know. Really, it was just like a leap of faith with this one. Like, I still felt it a little bit, but, you know, I had to be out there with my team. You know, that's it. One of the issues that Marshawn was dealing with is you have an internal injury. It's not like you can just kind of like take a look at it, have a trainer check it out. Now, you got to do like imaging tests to have any idea what's going on in there. And then it's going to be a question of, can you take hits? What's going to happen when a guy comes full speed and barrels into that area? Are you going to go down again? Are you going to make it worse, right? So you just, it's very difficult to come back from. But I think what you saw in this game, I mean, the Eagles had nothing. You know, this obviously the Gardner Minshew, Eagles, whatever. They put up 34 points on the Cowboys last week, a playoff team with Gardner Minshew. And they looked unstoppable at times on offense. They did not have a first down until the final minute of the first quarter in this game. They had but three and out on their first four possessions. If not for an interception late in the first half by Andy Dalton on probably a questionable throw, they probably would have gone into the second half without getting a first down. I don't know if I've ever seen that happen. I'm sure it's happened before, but I mean... That is a rare thing. And for a defense that has struggled to the level that it has struggled at points in the season, I think it's just you see a paradigm shift with Marshawn in there. You see a confidence shift with him in there. Um, you know, Devontae Smith ended up leading the Eagles in receiving with uh, nine catches, 115 yards. I actually had him in fantasy, and I won my fantasy title, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, the uh, Salt Lake Gritties took down the, uh, the Bishop Sycamores, which, you know, dated reference. I don't get why he's still going with that. But either way, you know, Good for Devonte. He actually, I, I don't know if he outscored Gardner Minshew in fantasy, but it was close. A.J. Brown had four catches for 97 yards. 78 of those yards came on one play. And that's kind of the one gripe I have of how the Saints managed the cornerback rotation in this game. And it, I'm not saying like I want to see Paulson Adebo benched or anything like that, but I do think that you know, you're going to get through this season and you're not going to make any major changes in week 18 and because you're going to go into the offseason and you want people to be comfortable in what they're doing, and I, and I get that. But you're going to go into next season, and I think you're going to really dive into the film and then what's developed throughout this season, and you're going to say, you know what, we can't keep Elante Taylor off the field, right? Like, we need Elante Taylor out there starting across from Marshawn. And so you're going to say, okay, what do you do with Paulson? You got to get him out there. He's a great player. How do you get him on the field? And I think you're going to end up shifting Paulson into the slot. And I don't know if he's going to like it, but I do think when he starts doing that and he kind of, you can see his open field tackling ability and his short area coverage ability kind of stand out, it's going to end up being the best thing for him long term. 
And so, yeah, I think that was my, that's my criticism because you've seen in games, right? This isn't the first time you saw this. Last year, if you go back to that Falcons game, the, you know, a game that if the Saints win it, they're in the playoffs, right? Uh, Saints go down, they come back from, I think they were 18 points down. They come back, they take a lead in the fourth quarter. First play from scrimmage, Cordero Patterson just catches Paulson leaning the wrong way in, uh, in man coverage and goes over the top. Big play, Falcons end up winning that game, right? You, you, that game goes differently, that result ends differently. Saints are in the playoffs. That's how close it was. This year, week 13, Mike Evans matched up one-on-one. In another universe where Marshawn's healthy, Marshawn's on Mike Evans, and he's in jail, and that never happens. In this game, it was Paulson Adebo, who ends up fouling at the goal line because he got beat, and it's like, why is he one-on-one? And like, why can't you cover Mike Evans, right? You got to be able to stand up in that situation, and you know, obviously the Panthers didn't today against Mike Evans. Like, he had 200 receiving yards, but either way, I digress. You know... Paulson has shown that in big moments like that, he's he kind of he struggles on the outside. He just he, I, don't, I don't know. And today you saw that against AJ Brown. Now you could say, yeah, AJ kind of grabbed his arm and kind of shoved him out of bounds. Whatever, it was subtle. He got away with it. You got to be tougher than that when you're when you're when you're playing. And he had already gotten beat. Like you can you can say there was a foul there, but Paulson got beat. The reason it was a touchdown is because he got kind of chucked out of bounds. It's like he got beat either way. And it just, it's happened too many times. And, you know, I think there's a, there's a confidence thing and there's just, you know, like a natural ability thing. And I think he, he fits inside better. And uh, here's what, here's what DA had to say on kind of that rotation as the game developed. Yeah. Well, look, we like a lot of what Alante has been doing. We like a lot about what Paulson Debo has been doing. We like a lot about what Marshawn Lattimore brings. You know, these are good problems to have. Um, and so, um, look, we felt like that was the, the game plan going in. And, you know, I, I feel like we played pretty well defensively today. So I feel like that, that kind of worked in our favor today. And I agree with that. I agree with that. Alante Taylor, I don't know. How, I'll have to see the snap counts to see how much he actually got on the field. Um, but, you know, Paul Sandeep had six tackles, one pass defensed. Marshawn Lattimore had six tackles and had an interception, two passes defensed. And, you know, it's, I think the Saints did play really well defensively today. Right, but that can be undone really quickly when you allow a 78-yard touchdown. Right, like it doesn't matter if you got three three and outs to start the game. Suddenly, it is a 13 to 10 game because you got beat down the field. Like it, it can change in one play, and you can't allow that to happen. You can't have those that big of a mental lapse in that situation if it's going to be an elite defense, which it has to be. So you know, I think I think that's something you're going to get into the get into the postseason kind of thinking about. But it, at the end of the day. This was a good team that beat a good team. And the only difference is this, it took the Saints 10 weeks to kind of identify how they could win football games and to stop shooting themselves in the foot. And there's good things to be said about that. And there's bad things to be said about that in the sense that this, should, this is a team that should be in the playoffs. Full stop. You even had Daryl Johnston who dropped a Demario Dawson on us. I don't know if anyone heard that. I think he might have been like mixing it up with Rosario Dawson. Do you know like the actor? And, but he went with DeMario instead of Davis. He said Dawson. I don't know. Maybe he's a big Dawson's Creek fan. But even Daryl Johnston was like, I'm going to be disappointed if the Bucks make the playoffs because they're not good. The Bucs aren't good. Um, and you know that what, what you can say about the Bucs is you can never sleep on being up by 10 plus points in the fourth quarter because it feels like half of their wins this season. They have been down by double digits in the fourth quarter and they found a way to come back and win. I think they were down 11 today. They scored 20 consecutive points or 20, you know, yeah, 20 straight points to take a lead over the Panthers. I think they were down 21 to 10. 
last week against the Cardinals, they were down 16 to six against the Saints. They were down 13 to zero. (laughs) So uh, like that's three wins in the past six weeks um, have have come with overcoming a double digit deficit in the fourth quarter. So there's something to be said for that. I don't know what it is, but it's frustrating because I don't think that team is better than the Saints. One other thing that we can talk about and uh, D.A. can kind of tease it here is the offensive line, and we mentioned this, the Eagles got seven sacks as the first team in NFL history to have six-plus sacks in five consecutive games. That's, that's a step for you, I guess. The offensive line did what it could, right? And what you can say about them late in the game is they iced that game on their own terms. The Eagles kind of folded at the end there, right? They went for it on fourth and 22 when they could have easily punted. They had three timeouts. They're down 10 points. Like there's like under four minutes left, but you can you can get the ball back. It's not the end of like the game ends if you give up the ball at midfield in that situation, right? If you if you pin the Saints down at the five and you get them to punt after three plays, even if you don't use your timeouts, you're going to get the ball down ten on the right side of the two minute warning with the chance, right? No, no, they were fourth and twenty two, slinging it. I, I take it back, not slinging it. He checked it down. Anyway, very strange. But the offensive line, they did their job, and uh, so you're talking about. Landon Young, Josh Andrews, and Calvin Throckmorton filling in at those positions. Here's what D.A. had to say on the offensive line. Challenge. Challenge, you know. Um, Look, I thought, I I really felt like, you know, really after Ram went down, well, really even the first half, I thought, overall, I thought we did a pretty good job. Um, You know, it became a little bit more difficult, um, you know, later in the game. Um, You know, I, I... Look, I feel like, but I feel like those guys, you know, overall with what they were faced with, I think overall they did a pretty decent job, you know. I think Andy would tell you there's probably a couple that he might have been able to step up in the pocket and, and you know, maybe avoid one of them. But, uh, but look, it was, uh, you know, it was, it, it, was, it was big for those guys to be able to step up and at least give us a chance, you know, and, uh, and that was good to see. No, I agree with that. And when you look at, obviously, the, the pass protection was tough and this is a really difficult team to stop they lead the nfl in sacks for a reason you saw why today even with josh white going down with that scary neck injury he was hospitalized hopefully he's okay um you know the saints managed to run the ball especially in that second half alvin Kamara finished the game 16 carries for 74 yards i thought this was one of his better at least more consistent games running the ball he didn't have any chunk runs he had one 15 yarder um but he was just constantly picking up four five six yards and uh early on early downs and that's when the Saints are struggling, they're not doing that. Um, Taysom Hill, 14 carries, 46 yards, only 3.3 yards per carry, but he picked up a lot of hard yards. He got a lot of first downs, and that's really you know what you need from him. Obviously, the like the Seahawks type game where he he just sprints for an 80 yard score is nice, but that's really not the offense you need from him. You need him to be able to fall forward and pick up positive yards and pick up first downs in short yardage. And that's what he did. You know, Benjamin had two carries for 10 yards. I thought he looked quick. He looked explosive. David Johnson was nowhere to be found. So I think that's a good sign that next week in a game that, let's say, let's just say it, doesn't mean anything. I hope that you're going to see the kind of Eno Benjamin featured role to kind of get an idea of what you're, what you're looking at in him. And if you want to really bring him back next season, like that's what you need to figure out right now is whether he's going to be a guy you roll in next season saying, yeah, maybe he's our RB too. Because I thought he looked sharp. I thought he looked quick. Got one nine-yard pass. So, I mean, 
he if he can be, you know, I I have a I have a suspicion that Mark Ingram is not going to be back in town next year, and so you're going to want to do something with with a young running back, and you know maybe he's the guy. So hopefully that's what you get to see next week because I thought he looked good. Adam Prentice had one carry for two yards, and it was an impressive one. It was just a single back, no no blocker, just handoff, and he just plowed ahead for a first down on a, I think it was third and short, fourth and short. Was it the fourth down? I can't remember. Saints did go for it on one fourth down. And I did appreciate the mindset that they brought into it, which was this is the first drive of the game. We want to set the tone. We want to go for it. Because the Saints team doesn't really go for it in fourth, you know, difficult fourth down situations, right? They are more than happy to, to kick, to punt. And it's really just mind numbing at points where it's like it's fourth and short, man. If you can't pick this up, then the defense deserves to be on the field in short yardage. Like just go for it. Um, but they did that today on the first possession. They didn't on the second possession. They kicked a field goal. And actually, I actually think that was the right move because I do believe in momentum, even if analytics nerds don't want to tell you that there's momentum. I believe in it. I think he maintained it there. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Um, you know, and on the receiving line, Rashid Shahid again just was excellent. Six catches on six targets for 79 yards. Jawan Johnson, five catches for 62 yards. He did have that one drop, which was rough. It was on second down. It would have set the Saints up for a potential field goal. But I was okay with it because I think going up six points in the fourth quarter of a game is the kiss of death. You saw you saw Ohio State do it in the in the Fiesta Bowl. Was it the no not the Fiesta Bowl in the uh, Peach Bowl? The they they lost to Atlanta. I'm sorry, they lost to Georgia in Atlanta. Um, you saw the Saints do it against the Bucks, and I was just I had my life flashing before my eyes with another 17-16 loss. I think my head would have exploded, um, but they didn't. They didn't manage to get into field goal range, and instead they punted it. And I don't think I don't know if it was that possession or the next possession where Marshawn got the pick six, and I would much rather. Let my defense go and 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 force the offense to execute by their own goal line up three points than to give the other team a drive starting at their own 20 down six points where they need a touchdown and they will not settle for a field goal, right? Worst case scenario, well, not worst case scenario, but the most likely scenario when you are up three and you give the other team the ball down at their own five is they are going to be tentative and they are going to settle for getting into field goal range and think we're not going to risk anything stupid that will knock us out of field goal range when we can get a tie if you're up six that doesn't exist it's fourth down the whole way and they just have to go 80 yards with no time constraints and that's advantage offense so i thought that they the saints lucked out with juan johnson dropping that pass either way he had a solid game outside of that. He had a 21-yard catch. Rashid Shahid had the long catch of the game for the Saints, 58 yards. I won a prop bet on that. 
with uh, Andy Dalton's longest pass being over 33 yards. Unfortunately, my other prop bet did not pan out because it was Chris Olave total catches. It was four and a half. Now, you would think after the first drive of that game, you know, you're in pretty good shape. Chris Olave only needs five catches to cover. He got four catches on the first <laughs> drive of the game. Now, he was targeted one more time, and it was the interception. Yeah, he didn't catch a pass the rest of the game. I lost that bet, which is feels like a bad beat. <laughs> um, but yeah, Chris Olave, four catches, 42 yards. Adam Troutman, one catch, 16 yards on a screen. They finally ran screens. I think they ran three of them today, which is... Uh, Probably season high. Uh, Taysom Hill, one catch for nine yards. Alvin Kamara, one catch for seven yards. And then Adam Prentice, one catch for four yards. He's a guy who's been used a lot lately. But I think he's he's played pretty well. Demario Davis led the Saints in tackles with seven. Then you had a bunch of guys with six. Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, Daniel Sorensen, Caden Ellis, Cam Jordan had five tackles. We're going to get into Cam in a second here. But yeah. And uh, let's see. the Miles Sanders... It seemed like he should have 150 yards the way he was running in that second half. He actually ended up with only 12 carries for 61 yards, and a majority of that was obviously in the second half. I think they underused him to a great degree in the second half of that game. Boston Scott, friend of the program, two carries, six yards, great in Rocket League as well. Gardner Minshew, one carry for zero yards. But the number we're going to talk about now is sacks because Cam Jordan, Mr. Cam, he set a record for the Saints today, and uh, let's let's just play some audio here. Here's uh, Da talking about Cam setting the record. Does that mean I'm a big part of it? <laughs> Cam won't let me take credit for it, but I'll tell him to take a little credit. Uh, no, that's awesome. It's awesome. Um, you know, Cam's been a, a a great ambassador for our organization, for the entire National Football League. Uh, he's been a great player. Um, and, and probably an even better person. And, and so I couldn't be happier for a guy, and, and uh, uh, it's an awesome accomplishment. Yeah, so Cam went into the day two and a half sacks behind Ricky Jackson for the Saints franchise record with 115. He ended up with three on the day. And the funny thing about that is he actually didn't know when he set the record because he wasn't sure what his actual numbers were. And and it makes sense because when you get sacks, it's not like there's a big sign flashing that says sack one, sack two, sack three. It's like, oh, sometimes it's a tackle for loss. Sometimes it's a half sack. Sometimes because someone jumped on late and they take it away from you. Like, for example, Carl Granderson and Caden Ellis both had a, half, a sack and a half each. And so the Saints had six total sacks. Now, Caden Ellis almost stole Cam's last sack. He fell off and... Uh, that's when he got it. But as Cam explained it, he didn't actually know he set the record until after the game. No, no, because I didn't know if they gave me sack number one. So I thought technically that was two. I needed another one. It was that, you know, that third and one. He I wrapped him up and he sort of fell. And I was like, ah, was that because he went for the pass? But, you know, sometimes they don't give it to you in that limbo. I'll take those. I'll take those. I wish I could have like the Michael Strahan freebie, but <sighs> it is what it is. Yeah. And so obviously he, he tied Ricky Jackson. And he ended up doing it in six fewer games than Ricky, which you know, I think is a testament to a guy who's always available. Um, you know, he did it in one fewer year and six fewer games. Uh, and it's just, you know, he's he's a guy who's going to be in the Saints Hall of Fame. I think he's going to be in the, the Big Boy Hall of Fame as well, right next to Ricky. I think he's had that great of a career. 
Um, and it's just it's just cool to see. He's just a guy who works. He never stops working. Um, and and I think that's that's kind of a kind of a neat thing to see happen. Um, the other record that we still haven't seen set. I thought we were gonna get it, but they gave Taysom the touchdown run instead. Alvin Kamara still still sitting on seventy two career touchdowns. He needs one more to pass Marcus Colston for the Saints' all-time record in that department. So maybe, maybe even if they give the Eno Benjamin game in Week 18, you'll still you'll still let Alvin Vulture a uh, Vulture a touchdown. Well, I, th- I think I think we executed. You know, um, look, I think there's a lot of talk about Taysom. I think I think we got Taysom involved early. I think we got Taysom involved late. Uh, he's a big part of what we did in, in terms of helping us win this game. Um, you know, I thought we threw the ball pretty well early in the game. Um, you know, when we, we were we were good on third down early in the game. Um, look, it got it, it became more and more difficult as the game went on. You know, you're down basically what amounts to three starting offensive linemen against that defensive front. It's a tough deal to do. Uh, but I told the guys in there, man, just the way that they finished this thing out. Uh, pounding the football there at the end was was really impressive to see, especially being down three offensive linemen. Yeah, and I think that in this game specifically, you saw the usage of Taysom that you want to see, right? Like you don't want him to be predictable, but you don't want to overthink it by not getting him involved the way that I think you did in Cleveland. And DA mentioned that. It's like people have been talking a lot about this. And and it's fair, I think. But in this game, you know, you got him involved early, got him involved late, as he said. You know, he iced the game. Uh and I think he had 14 carries. That's a career high for him. The Saints are now five and zero in games that he has at least seven carries. I'm sorry, they're six and zero in games that he has at least seven carries. And his team has won seven games. And in that game, Taysom Hill had an 81 yards rushing. So I think that there's a pretty good indicator that when you can get Taysom involved in the run game, it usually works out in your favor. Now, they did run an ill-advised flea flicker (laughs) in the fourth quarter. I'm never a huge fan of long developing plays with one route concept. And that's what that was. And, you know, the the Eagles did a good job. I think one of the reasons you run that sort of thing is because, you know, worst case scenario, Taysom can pull it down and make something happen with his legs. I think in that case, you're getting a little getting a little greedy um, in a game that, you know, you need to just close out. But, you know, I I think that there was a lot of things that happened in this game and a lot of things that have happened in the past three weeks that you're going to go into the offseason, you're going to look at, and I'm just, as frankly, guys, like, I don't think this team is that far away. I don't think this season is that much different than last season in the sense that you lost a lot of winnable games and you kind of learned how to win late in the season, but it was too late. At least, at least in with a slightly different situation of, you know, Jameis didn't play as many games and you didn't ever go off of Andy Dalton, whereas Trevor Simeon never really got anything going from, as a, from a starting quarterback perspective where you didn't win games in the middle of the season. But, I mean, when you look at it, very similar, very similar in how these seasons went uh, in terms of the quarterback questions, in terms of how are you going to incorporate Taysom, in terms of how is the, how good is this defense and is it getting better as the season goes on, and in terms of finishing strong. You need to get out of the blocks better. Um, And, you know, you're going to go forward next season. And I know we're going to have questions in there 
We're going to hit that mailbag in a few minutes. I know we're going to have questions about, well, okay, they won a few games down the stretch, but you know that doesn't change anything. This team still needs to clean house. And what I need you to understand, like front offices are not looking for reasons to tear everything down, right? That is a process that you only undergo if you have to. Front offices are going to be looking for reasons and for indicators of why this vision is going to work and what you, what you what is working and what you can do to supplement that. And that's what's going to happen this offseason. I think you're going to see changes, but you're not going to see sweeping changes. And I think, you know, what you've seen in the last few weeks is a good indicator of why that is. And I know that that's going to annoy people. I do. Uh, but that's just, it's just the facts. And this team hasn't been nearly as bad as the sentiment would probably suggest. It's just frustrating, and I get it. But you're talking about seven and nine. You're talking middle of the pack. Like, this is not a bottom-of-the-barrel team. This is a middle-of-the-pack team that is one of three to beat the Eagles this season. Right? So, I don't know. Take that for what it is. All right, I'm going to wrap that segment up. We're going to come back with the mailbag. If you haven't already put your comments in there, throw them in, and we'll get to – we should be able to get to most of them. There aren't too many in there right now, so make sure to get them in there. I'm going to go to a quick break. I'm going to star a few of these, and we're going to come back, and we're going to run through them on inside black and gold after the Saints' 20-10 to victory over – the Eagles land, Eagles land. All right, stick around. 